Well, it happened, you guys. We got everybody kind of back together. The old band came back together in 2022, last week. Almost. I mean, we'll talk more about that, but um, here's what you've been asking for. So have fun. Enjoy. Take great pleasure. You know, that kind of stuff. Hey everybody, welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. It is Saturday, which means uh, it's the day we drop a pod. I think that's what that means. It's, uh, it can mean a lot of stuff. I mean, Saturday's Saturday, so nothing wrong with that. But um, I'm just getting back from the uh, the conference on organizational learning for uh, 2022 that just happened. And one of the things I wanted to do was recreate the uh, the podcast that had Shane Bush, Tony Mashara, and Rob Fisher. So we did, except that Shane was out. Shane hurt his, uh, he, he hurt his shoulder, and so he, he was unable to attend. Um, and I couldn't find anybody to fit in his stead because nobody, you know, those are big shoes to fill. They didn't want to fill those big shoes, so we left unfilled. There was an empty chair and an empty microphone. That sounds kind of romantic and ceremonial. And um, it was fun. We had a great conversation. It was most interesting. Well, you'll see. I mean, I shouldn't talk about it too much because you're about to listen to it. But it, it, I'll highlight the fact that it was most interesting that it it had really been three years since any of us had talked at all. At all, period. I mean, not even hello or how do you do. No talking at all. But more importantly, it was interesting to talk to them about what was going on with everybody uh, around them and how things have changed. For bad or for good, um, I, it was. It, it, I thought that part was compelling, for sure, compelling, and fun. I mean, it definitely made for a, a great conversation. We got lots of stuff covered, and it was fun. Great thanks to all the people that that uh, actually have that conference. Uh, Charles and his crew, and there's just a whole bunch of them, and they were great. That's a big deal to put on a conference. I understand. And it was really fun to be a part of it. And it was more fun to just hang out and watch it happen. That was great fun. And the weather was pretty good. There were no big fires. Uh, you know, couldn't ask for much. It was a little warm. I did take my bicycle. I didn't get to ride it that much because there wasn't really a place to ride it. Plus, I was busy. But I did get to put other people on it and let them experience the joy that is, you know, riding around on a bicycle. So that was fun. A good time was had by all. I think I made some people mad. That's always, uh, you know, the goal. And I probably made other people disgusted. That's the goal as well. But more importantly, I got to see lots of people and hang out. And it felt good. It felt really good. Uh, it was great because I, I didn't have to fly. I drove. So that was even better. So that made for a great outcome. How are you? Is everything going okay? It should be. I'm hoping it is. I mean, this is a... This is a grand time to be alive. It's certainly an interesting time to do the jobs we do and be alive. Um, there's much there to talk about as well. So let me just quit laboring on because I definitely want to get this podcast out so you can hear it and just let you kind of sit back and relax and listen to what the cats have to say. So without any further ado, and with great thanks to both Tony and Rob, here is the 2022, that's a lot of twos, the 2022 conversation between um, Rob Fisher, Tony Mashara, and myself. Enjoy. Bon appétit. 
So what have we learned in the last three years? What do you, I mean, what's going on? How's life? Uh, well, you know, you asked the question during your presentation, you know, what's, what, what's been different? Yeah. You know, and uh, lots of time to think. Lots of time to think and collaborate. You know, well, you know, Jim Marinus and, and Ron Ferris and I got together and, and wrote that book. That beautiful book, steps. yeah, that's a critical beautiful, steps. yeah. And uh, the collaboration, you, you, you interviewed us for one of your right, podcasts. Right, and, and the collaboration was interesting. You know, we argued, we fussed with each other because I was wanting, wanting to keep it short and sweet and and uh, and, and uh, Jim was wanting to add all this all this this content to it, and I said, "No, we can't do that." So it originally it was supposed to be 110 pages. Now right. it's 165 pages. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got to be spend more time with grandkids. I'm uh, a full time grandpa and a part time consultant. That's the way to go. <laughs> and if you really do your job right, the consultant part will get smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, and I enjoy just talking to people on. It, most of it was Zoom calls and. Microsoft team calls and so uh, you know I got used to that but a lot of folks were trying to convince me to develop online training and I, I kind of resisted that right because I feel that uh, online training is not personally I don't think it's as effective I like to interact with people I have to have a give and take right you know yeah the, the, the dialogue right the dialogue it's weird because so I've done a bunch of online training I'm actually kind of I'd be curious to see what you think I'm actually kind of surprised how effective it is. It's Are way you? more effective than I thought it was. Shockingly sure it is. effective. Yeah, it's weird, kind of. And I think I know why. Why? I, I haven't put enough thought in it. I went to YouTube to figure out how to change my tail light. Oh, me too. <laughs> no, me too. I do that right? all the time. I, I've gone, even me, even this old guy, will use um, someone else's experience. Yeah to do some critical things that we mm -hmm. need to have done, whether it's troubleshooting our oven or the dishwasher or figuring out how we're going to install the, the trash compactor, whatever <laughs> it is, we have a whole generation that we have now glommed right. onto that are comfortable with two to five minutes of impact, you know, I have to. I have to admit, you know, I've gotten better at sporting clays right, because right, of the right. pandemic. I, I, every Thursday, I go shoot sporting clays with a shotgun, and uh, I don't know how many YouTube videos I've watched about right. how do you how do you look at a at a you know clay bird and how do you shoot a clay bird. Yeah. Well, and and, and so, the technical, I mean, if you think about it from a human performance standpoint, I mean, you can pull up instructions to almost anything, yeah, and they're actually really quite effective. Yeah, I mean. I, tons of stuff. So because we have all of those, we went a little bit different direction and said, look, the masses of people need to understand the, some of the things we know. Mm. So we knew we wanted to create online courses, but that was in our big, hairy goals way before the pandemic. I just never slowed down long enough to let the organization do that. And so the pandemic let us do that. It so it taught us mm -hmm. the impact of slowing down to creatively apply your goals. And we created these online courses. Uh, yeah. And now you've got people out there that we we had a company go online and fifty people showed up in, in our online thing from this company 
I'd never heard of, didn't know who it was. Well, come to find out, one of their leaders had listened to a couple of podcasts and said, you know, go get this because these these things are observations. They're two to five mm-hmm. minute videos on stuff. I like so that. instead of you creating a safety moment, I want you to go pick a observation, pull it up on your phone, have your crew watch it, and then y'all have a two or three minute discussion. Yeah, on discuss it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and well, we didn't anticipate that things would be used that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I. And to me, that's the interesting thing. Like, how's your life changed because you've had to slow down? Which I think has been a good thing. I'll speak for myself. I think it's life-changing for me. Yeah. I don't think I'd have slowed down. Well, we've had a lot of this discussion, right, about how we never knew how we were outrunning our body capabilities, how we were were probably shortening our (laughs) lives. I mean, the three of us, we've been doing this a long time, collectively probably 100 years of travel. Rob, I, d- I decided early on when I first started my business, I was going to stay a company of one. Yeah. That's, that, was a, that was a quality of life decision. And uh, I haven't re- regretted it at all. So, you know, that, that, you know, as far as capacity goes, as far as serving customers, that limits me and limits my yeah, customer sure. base. Right. But that was a purposeful choice on right. my part because I wanted to be a grandpa. Right. right. <laughs> and I like shooting. I like playing golf. And so I like some of those things. When and, you're, and you're mission work. I mean, you do yeah. a lot of cool, Yeah, I guess cool is maybe a, too of a hipster. But you do a lot of important work. That's Yeah, yeah. yeah. helping doing yeah. Uh, what I call business as mission. Yeah, yeah. Helping, you know, poor people in third world countries start their own businesses. And uh, oddly enough, you know, when you've been married as long as we have, mm-hmm. you know, for me, 43 years. 45 but, for me. But the only, you know, our, our families... They've dealt with us doing this our entire professional lives. The quarantining made us, number one, wonder (laughs) how we going to get through this. this is different. But number two, it was so nice to spend time uninterrupted Mm -hmm. with my wife. I don't know how many hikes we did. Oh, that's good. Everyone's good. How's it changed the way you think about the work you do? Because I think that's actually a really interesting part of this discussion. Well, that's that was partly my motivation for the book. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I knew a lot personally about critical steps, but I, until you start writing it down, then I realized how much I did know. And so that's when I decided I better call Jim Marinas and Ron Ferris and let's let's collaborate. And uh, I never looked back. So I spent more time on the development of that. Yeah, in content. thought, right? In yeah. analysis and yeah. thought and incubating these ideas exactly and and some of that is a luxury maybe that's the wrong word some of that is because we had the time to do it yeah a lot of it is yeah i mean for me the dream had always been there that normal people Mm -hmm. could have access to what we know and what we do and what we've learned over the years but there was no way to create the methodologies for normal small companies that that have risk. You know, a lot of these big companies they sell their risk to the lowest bidder. Absolutely. R- I mean, risk is really transportable like that. It, it is, and and so being able to map out a way to get the information to them when we know dang and well they can't afford it, like a big company could, was, I mean, I, the way our organization pivoted for that. 
was amazing. And they came up with things I would have never pursued, never thought of. So I learned to really listen more to the to the organization that's going to carry on, you know, our non-one-man show, yeah. carry on Fisher Improvement Technologies, and slow down and listen and learn from that organization. What is it, what has it changed moving forward? What's different now? What do you see different in the work you're doing, Tony, as you move forward? Well, the, I'd say probably the, the thing that I started doing more of and I got invited to do more of was – present my ideas to executives uh, virtually in an hour and a half instead of four hours. You think it, yeah, yeah. Do you think it's <laughs> so, as effective? No. That's, I don't really think so because you don't have that uh, interaction. Yeah, you can't read the room. And with executives, yeah. you kind of need to read right. the room. Yeah. Right. But it's exposure. It's exposure. That's why I kind of re- – I, I don't want to make the investment of developing online training. That was – to me, that was a business decision. Uh, but I spent more time doing these these uh, uh, executive level uh, discussions. But you know the seat time is only an hour and a half at best, at most, and so you don't really have much time to talk about, explain your ideas and your concepts uh, in an hour and a half, and then also have conversation. And sometimes I think that they that hour to an hour and a half leaves them wanting more. Where yeah. the four hour made right. them think they were done. Yeah, okay, no, we I checked that box. Hundred yeah. percent agree with you. The, I think the one learning I've had is that the four hour they were like, "We're done." You know, I've already been there. I, yeah. I know all this stuff. <laughs> I do all this stuff. The hour, <laughs> the hour, you leave them uncomfortable enough, generally, mm. that they start to question really fundamental things. Mm-hmm. Like when you tell them, well, so I had this company tell me, uh, the senior company tell me, you know, the safety is not our problem. We're the governance body. We're the management of this company. We don't actually do the work. And I said, really? Because you know you're the boss, right? And and the guy said, well, I haven't really thought about it that way. And I thought, we would have never had this discussion because he did. that guy would have never come to one of the classes. Right. Because he just didn't think it was his problem. And wouldn't say it in a four-hour class out loud in front of everybody sitting in the room never, either. Never. But that's the other thing that, that this Zoom and Teams and WebEx is people – I found people say things when they're in a bo- in a little box in the corner. The Brady mm-hmm. Bunch the Brady Bunch box? Yeah. <laughs> that they would never say if – the leader was sitting right next to him, even though technically they're sitting right next to him in the box. So you have these um, clarifying discussions <laughs> that then spawn off other things that lead to that yeah. next discussion. So I think we're, we may be actually getting a richer um, feel in the senior leader world by using some of those as the initial and then they're they're craving that four hours, six hours. They're they're figuring right. out how to get together instead of figuring mm-hmm. out when when they can all make their schedules mesh in August. I also learned I had a presentation. It was actually on the downside of the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic, and things were starting to loosen up. And I got invited to a, a biotech to do a, a four hour presentation. But I had to do it with a uh, mask on. 
That Oof. was so tough. Yeah, that'd, be hard. <laughs> that'd be that'd be hard. And I kept kept losing. It kept sliding down my nose. And so all all morning I kept you know raising it up over my nose, and, and people couldn't hear me. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't sure if the online was better than doing it that way or not. So didn't that really make us? Because uh, Ray and I experienced the same thing, and a couple of our consultants experienced the same thing. That's exactly the conditions under which some of our yeah. some of the workers work under every single day out mm-hmm. there. That you know, we profess that we we were all ex operations and we you know, we, we kinda think about it that way. But it wasn't until we had to live it that we started talking about it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Are you excited about the future? Because, I mean I, I don't wanna like bring the room down, but we're definitely on the downhill side of this journey. I'm excited. Personally, I am excited about the future, but definitely uh, the stability of uh, world economy is obviously a, fact, a factor. But uh, there's still a demand for what we talk about, what we study. Uh, this now, I'm also interested. I, I, safety differently. I love your book. You know, you know, do safety differently, uh, and, and uh, but there's also the engineering design side of the world. Yeah, I'm a big Nancy Levinson fan. Yep, 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 yep. yep. <laughs> so I'm kind of in between those two uh, uh, extremes, so to speak. I don't know if that's the right word, but but uh, I like both. I got my foot in both sides, but I tend to lean towards the resilience side of uh, of the technology. And I think I think it's it's amazing to me how much learning there still has to occur at the management level. Yeah. Managers yeah. still, you know, in fact, you mentioned uh, compliance, you know, we're compliant. There's, and I think the, the presumption is at manager's level, they compliance assumes you have a complicated system. Right. It assumes that we can work this thing out with procedures. Right. It's a linear system. And what can... managers don't recognize is complexity. Right. They don't see it. And, and I'm starting to see, so the economy is a big deal. The world conditions are a big deal. It's crazy right now. But I'm starting, like I talked to a guy last week whose title was vice president of uncertainty. Wow. So it is a big company. I mean, I'm actually really excited that these ideas are growing mm-hmm. beyond sort of operational reliability into understanding uncertainty. I think that's the one thing the pan- pandemic kind of did was... Like, like you really no longer have to describe capacity to a company. They yeah. totally get capacity now. And remember, twenty years ago, it was only about safety. Yeah, well, that's yeah. And it wasn't about quality, safety, effectiveness, efficiency, no. productivity, finance. It wasn't about the. I mean, it's been about that for us mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the big convincers in the beginning. So now that we're kind of over that hump and people are starting to understand and organizations are understanding that the holistic approach to this capacity and resilience and sustainability doesn't mean you got to do things three times. It means you got to do things right once. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you start to create that capacity to fail safely, mm-hmm. the capacity to recognize when you can't and, and the honesty to do things about it. I think we're a, a better place now mm-hmm. than we were five years I ago. I agree. And, and to me, the, <clears throat> you're talking about like critical steps, something mm-hmm. you spent your – when when the chief finance guy 
translates critical steps into critical audit points in their financial program and says, we absolutely have these critical moments Mm -hmm. where we monitor the company's financial health. If we did not have these, we could not move forward. You know when that the CFO has that conversation with the CEO that you're home free. I mean that that now they're starting to translate this into what they manage as a living, I guess. Yeah. And again, we've always been you and I talked about this a little while ago, Todd, the pioneers and the explorers. But the creativity of people that are now settling those areas that we explored and are now creating the infrastructure and systems yeah. around those elements that we went out there and and poked the bear on a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people using their creativity to build those systems so that then people can can become residents mm-hmm. of that. They're the you, beneficiaries. You remind me, you, you mentioned, you know, am I excited about the future? I, one of the things that I see, and it goes back to this idea that managers don't recognize complexity. Right, right. Is this idea of systems thinking, systems learning. And I see that as a big opportunity yeah. in industry to get managers to move towards systems thinking. So, so that's a that's a great point, Tony. Because one of the things that we had shifted to right before COVID that we were able to really glom onto during COVID was that Hop HP Human Factors Human Element HPI, whatever the hell you want to call it, <laughs> it has many names. Yes, it does have many names. Was never about shifting blame from the workforce to management. It was about understanding the systems under which all mm-hmm. those people operate mm-hmm. and then which parts of those systems are are complex and, and where chaos mm-hmm. in, is involved in a system. Yeah. And, and so it, it kind of opened the door to, mm-hmm. to really draw that out and talk more about that. And, and, and managers get it once they're not having to defend that we used to be able to blame the worker and now – we now we have to blame us when we when we've now learned how to throw blame out the window. And I think this idea of of uh, emergence, yeah, this idea. I, Karsten Bush just put out a book. You know, the first rule of culture. Have you, I, I don't know if you've read that, but the first rule of culture is you don't talk about culture. Right. right. Same as Fight Club. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and and, uh, and 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 I think part of that is there's. A lot of folks, managers especially and executives, who think you can manage an emergent property, and I, and it's this idea that you know uh, they have to manage the system. It's not the culture that they're managing; it's the system. Right. Yes, that develops the culture. <laughs> it's this whole thing about we've all for decades we tried to to demand things like trust and accountability right. instead of developing mm-hmm. trust and accountability mm-hmm. and diversity and inclusion exactly. and all these things so we're we're we've kind of shifted that thought for the future of how do you develop those things instead of how do you demand them and that's that usually that cross in the manager conversation is they keep demanding these things or or proclaiming them instead of understanding the systems that would develop. Right. Right. And that goes to managers getting out into the field and seeing how work is done normally, seeing how complexity, ambiguity, 
uncertainty is, is infiltrating the work on the on the shop floor and seeing how they're helping them understand how their systems is creating those conditions out yeah. there. And so and instead of going out there and trying to find somebody screwing up. And engagement skyrockets. Yeah. And when engagement skyrockets, you start getting the workforce talking about those things. But we've told managers for years to go out and seek deficiencies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we've got to unring that bell. Well, well for- yeah, I, I'm not so they, – they, I think – that's where critical steps comes in. I'm a believer that critical steps actually improves efficiency, you know, from a business case sure. perspective. Because now you focus on what you know the sticky stuff. Right. If they were just talking about at Quanta, you know, the stuff that can kill you. Yeah. If you really focus on where those things, you can speed up in other places. <laughs> it's true though. Yeah. Well, the workers have been doing that for years. Yeah. I mean, they they totally <laughs> right? get. The- Except we were holding them to the same accountability for step. 4.1 through 4.79 and the critical steps got lost in the mix mm-hmm. well because we treat every step the same exactly well, everything's critical right yeah and therefore nothing's <laughs> nothing well, critical Tony you gotta understand it's not critical but it's really really important <laughs> it's vital it's vital, vital. <laughs> yeah they start, change, start changing the definitions for criticality so I'm you know one of the opportunities I see going forward I'm repeat myself is getting managers that think systems how does our system create success in the workplace? And I think to do that, we have to have the discussion around complexity. I just yeah. don't think they understand complexity because yeah. they see the world as a linear Newtonian function. Right. They see it as a complicated system right. rather than a chaotic, complex system. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, but, and that difference sounds fake when you say it out loud, but it's in reality. It's real. Vital. It's yeah. vital. Well, I like Ivan Popoletti. Uh-huh. I like the way he, he, he characterized uh, the difference between complicated and complexity. You know, uh, disassembling and reassembling a, a motorcycle is complicated. But disassembling and reassembling a horse is complex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. that, is, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Well, thanks, you guys. This was fun. What's well, fun to get you back together? I appreciate you letting me talk. Let's do Can't it again. believe it's been since 2019. Three, I know. Three, three years. years. Three, I know. It's crazy. Let's <laughs> do it again in three years. All right. Sounds Thank bueno. You. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, guys. Peace. Great to be with you again. Thanks for asking. So what do you think? Huh? It was, it was, it was really fun, of course. It, it's kind of cool. We sit in the hallway. I just sort of set up a little pod area. Nothing special or anything. Some microphones. Uh, in fact, two turntables and a microphone. That's an interesting reference if you picked up on it. Extra points for you, right? But we just kind of sit out there and chat and talk to people uh, as much as I could. That was really great. It's interesting, at least in my observation, I'd be curious in your observation, that the discussion is turning from sort of founding discussion comments to more of how the ideas are diffusing. And it's probably time to to actually have that conversation and talk about how how change diffuses, especially amongst a group like ourselves, and what that means, and how there are early adopters and you know late adopters, and then there's sort of the gang, and then there's a set of laggards at the end. It'll be the hardest to leave. I promise you, we'll talk about that. It's interesting that that came up a bunch, um, not so much in the conversation we were having but tons beforehand. And I think that's probably an appropriate way to be talking is that it is, it is good to understand how are these ideas diffusing, how much stick do they have to them? Um, 
are they are they hardwired in the language and the dialogue? And I think the answer is pretty much yes to all those questions. It'll be interesting to see. There there were plenty of people that were curious in that. Uh, to me, the idea of 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 focusing everything around learning is incredibly powerful and also pretty elegant. And it seems like, at least from my vantage point, the right thing to do. What do you think? I mean, I'd be curious to what you think. That's that's good. What else do I got for you? Well, that, that's pretty much that conversation. The joke episode is finding its way. I think we may actually, I may actually have a joke episode. Thank you very much for you guys sending all those jokes. Um, it's working pretty well. So until then, learn something new every single day. Special thanks to Tony and Rob. Um, be kind to each other. Take care of one another. Check in on one another. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe. <laughs>